good, everyone? It is Body Daytona. You already know what the deal is. I am back at it with another episode. Hey, guys, incredibly happy to be able to share this episode with you. You're going to hear some real emotion right at the very end of this, but a few great stories in between. So tune in this week, check it out, and let's go. I want to tell you guys a story of a kid I had a chance to work with many, many summers ago. And this is the setup. This kid was probably nine or 10, short. I mean, he was, he was, he was kind of short for his age and uh, was a bit, I'd say, wimpier than the rest of his peers. But it didn't matter. I mean, this was a kid who had a lot of personality. Um, the other guys liked him. Comparatively, I mean, they, they kind of knew that he was, he was a weaker kid, but, you know, they let him keep up, so no problems. And <clears throat> what's cool to do as a counselor, but more importantly as a leader, is figure out how to elevate each person. Because each person's given skill sets are going to vary. And what's so interesting about not just counseling, not just leadership, but life I think, is figuring out what it is that motivates people and how to get the absolute most from that. How to help people see their own light. Because honestly, I think a lot of people can't see their own light. And I think the story I'm going to tell you is about a kid who probably felt that way. And so I am in this mountain biking course and you know, there's two other counselors that are there with me. We're all about the same age. We're all about 22, 23, 21. And um, I'm at the very back. I'm at the very back because I'm the wolf. And I'm the wolf in the sense that I'm looking at every single thing and every single kid ahead of me to make sure that no one is going too far off track and that if something were to happen, then, you know, I have eyes on sight. I'm the first person to see exactly what's going because I'm riding these courses but I'm doing it more so from a visionary perspective, as in I'm not going off the, off the jumps. Um, I'm not doing all of those things. I'm there to be able to watch what these kids are doing, which is cool. And so there was a kid who was kind of near the front. There was probably, what, I'd say 12 kids in this course. And um, that's a lot of kids to take into the woods to go mountain bike. And so we had just ridden, you know, three miles away from the, uh, from the main meetup spot, and we were in the woods. And we had this BMX course, this off-road mountain biking course set up, um, you know, here in the woods. And a crazy side story is, two years before this, there was a counselor. His name was Danny. We called him Danny California. Danny California, what was cool about him was, as the name would suggest, he was from California. But you could just tell that this kid was raised on the beach with a surfboard in his hand. You know, this kid was just cool. I mean, probably six foot three, six foot four, tall, tan, just a good looking dude. And um, two years previously, he had actually been on this exact trail and there are actually a few pretty treacherous parts of it, quote unquote treacherous parts, really challenging technical pieces of this ride, but he quite literally had a deer run into him 
while he was on this course. And the deer ran into him, and he was going pretty quick as well. And so he fell off his bike, and he dislocated his shoulder. And so he couldn't do any more physical activities for the rest of the summer. And this was someone who thrived off of being able to do everything related to that place, which was sailing, snorkeling, kayaking, soccer, football, ultimate frisbee, tennis, volleyball, every variation of volleyball, um, anything in the water, anything on land, you know, high ropes, anything in the air. This guy thrived on it. And um, it kind of just shows you that there is real danger in those woods. And someone who is incredibly capable, even if they come across real danger, it doesn't mean that they're always going to be able to overcome in that moment because there are real consequences. And the real consequence that Danny had that summer was he had to have his arm in sling and he couldn't really do any, any of the activities. So we go back and we're in this forest and we're going through this BMX course and you know, this little kid, I shouldn't call him a little kid because you know, he was in fourth or fifth grade at the time. Um, but I watch him, we're going down a hill and there's a lot of tree roots protruding and there's a lot of you know, six inch, eight inch, 12 inch, just quick drops. Nothing too difficult, but quick drops. And um, he goes over his handlebars. And he's not going too fast when this happens, but he does go over his hand, handlebars and he kind of falls off to the side and he kind of rolls into uh, a little bit of the foliage and just immediately starts bellowing tears. And I get it. I mean, this thing, it looked like it hurt. I saw everything play out and it just looked like it hurt. And so, you know, everyone stops, you know, they make it to the bottom of the hill and everyone has stopped. And my two counselors are also down there kind of just reassuring the kids, making sure, hey, everything's gonna be okay, guys. Um, it's all good. That was always our job. And um, I'm there with a the kid and he's bellowing. And I finally, after kind of a short period of time, we're able to make that bellowing kind of just softer, softer snuffles. You know, this kid was a little bit beat up, had a few, a few scrapes, a few bruises, but nothing too bad. And, um, you know, I checked just to make sure that he's okay. And that was one of, the very, one of the most important pieces of what it is, I'm going to say. You know, first I checked to make sure that he was okay. But then after that, he was kind of snuffling a little bit, still tears in his eyes. And I go, this is what I said. I said, dude. Dude, that was actually kind of cool. He goes, really? I go, yeah, that was cool. He goes, really? And I'm like, I'm going to say this a third time. Yes, that was cool. Now, let's keep going. And you should have seen the complexion of this kid. Complete 180. This kid was beaming. And obviously, you know, we got back on the bike and we made it down to the bottom of, you know, that hill. And uh, all the other kids were like, dude, that was crazy, man. He was like, he was like yeah, I know. I'm okay, though. <laughs> and he looked at me after he said that. And uh, it, was a, it was a really cool moment. But not even about me, just recognizing for that kid that in that moment, he had gone over his handlebars. He was afraid. He'd encountered danger. And he'd been kind of hurt. I mean, just a few bruises and scrapes, but nothing too big of a deal. And, um, you know, when he rejoined the rest of the group, he was proud. 
He was proud that he did something where he failed, where he fell, where he cried. He showed his true emotion. But he kept moving forward. I think most people, and I'm not going to make a single apology for what it is that I'm about to say because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of telling things that I believe to be true and that I know a lot of people listening to this might also feel to be true. Because if you look around at our society nowadays, I don't care if you're a kid, if you're in college, if you're in high school, middle school, uh, you know, if you're a young professional, if you are in a fully grown adult, our society has decided to say to us that we should be afraid of the things which are dangerous. Quite literally, we should be afraid of them. And I'm not going for it. So I'm not going to make a single apology for what I'm going to say because it offends you. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry it makes you feel uncomfortable, but let me tell you something that is an absolute truth. Danger is absolutely essential to being able to develop the human spirit. I'll say it again and I'm not backing down. Danger is absolutely essential to the healthy development of the human soul and the human spirit. You know, there was a great study done. I, I don't know if this was in the 70s, the 80s. Actually, guys, when, when I record some of these speeches, I have a handful of different methodologies. And real quick, you know, sometimes I like to just go about these without opening a computer, without having a single piece of technology on me, just because it's a huge distraction. But let me tell you the actual concept and really what did happen. Um, and I'll try to backfill in the information later once I have a computer open. But they placed these four monkeys in a cage. And it was a pretty nice enclosure. Um, and leading up to this, the monkeys themselves had gotten comfortable with eating bananas. And so what these researchers, what these scientists did is they put a banana on top of a pole in this cage with the four monkeys. And, you know, monkeys are a pretty agile creature. They're able to climb up, they're able to climb down. And what they did is when a monkey would climb up and be able to get close enough to be able to reach the banana, they would send a small wave of electricity through the uh, stand itself and electrocute the monkey. And so over a period of time, these monkeys grew very afraid of the electricity. And actually, I think what it, what it really was was water, where as they, as they would get closer to the banana, they would get water poured on them. And so they didn't like that. Either, the long story short is they tried to get to the banana, but there was something that basically gave them pain, something that was dangerous. And over time, these monkeys developed this fear of going up the pole. And so they never went up the pole, even though the banana was still there. And they would always be fresh bananas. But they learned that there was a certain amount of danger. And what these scientists and these researchers then did, which is fascinating, is they took one of the monkeys out. So there's four monkeys. They took one of the monkeys out. So we have three original monkeys. And they added in one new monkey. Same exact type. And on the very first day, within the first three minutes, that monkey is trying to climb the pole to get to the bananas. But what happens is 
is the other three monkeys who have been in that cage and they've all gotten shocked repeatedly or had the water poured on them repeatedly, which they did not enjoy, is they pulled him down. They pulled him down before he would get the water or the electricity thrown on them or put into the pole. They pulled him down. And so he never even had the chance to experience the effects of those two uh, deterrents. He never experienced it. He knew that there was a banana there, but for some reason, these other monkeys that surrounded him would pull him down every single time he would try to reach it. Every time. Again, he never experienced the deterrence. And so what they then did is they recognized that these three monkeys have instilled the fear within this other one monkey over a period of time. And that one monkey, over an extended period of time, decided that it was no longer worth his time to try to get the banana. He quit. Even though he never knew what the effect was. And so then they do the exact same thing. Three original monkeys, one new monkey, but that one monkey, that one newer monkey is now kind of like an older one. He's got the exact same habits, except he's never been shocked or thrown water on. And they take out one of the original monkeys, so one of the guys that had been shocked, and they put in a brand new monkey, same exact type. And what they see amazes them. Because the monkeys that had been shocked previously, the two remaining, they would pull him down as he would climb up that pole to try to get to the banana. But also, the monkey who had never been shocked or thrown water on would also pull him down. He would pull him down so he couldn't get the banana. And so you have one monkey who has never once experienced a negative side effect, and he's saying, be afraid. Don't climb up this. Don't do it. This is dangerous. This is going to hurt you, even though he had no clue. And so rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. At the end of the study, they had four brand new monkeys, or four monkeys that had never once experienced the shock or the water. They had never experienced it. And they kept pulling the monkeys down. They kept pulling them down. Even though they had never been shocked, they didn't even try to get the banana because they were afraid. And they were only afraid because the, all, because the other monkeys had always pulled them down for whatever reason. That's just what they had known. And so people will often say that nothing in life is free. And honestly, that's complete garbage. Because people will give you so much and so many things for free, but the great irony is you don't even want them. People will give you their fear. They will give you your, their fear of danger. They will give you their fear of uncertainty. They will give you their fair fear over basically anything. Anything. And where do you think they got those fears from? By and large, they got them from other people who never knew what the effect might be. They never had to experience it. And we think that that effect is always there. Hey, if we fall, we're going to be really hurt. Hey, if I try to climb this pole to get this banana, something bad's going to happen. So we allow these thoughts of what we think might happen based off of our past experiences dictate our actual behavior. And our behavior is dictated in this way. We don't do anything 
we bring other people down, we, sh we spread our fear, and in spreading our fear, we contaminate others with the lie that they shouldn't go try, that they shouldn't go maybe experience some danger, that they shouldn't go explore. And so what these monkeys learned over an extended period of time was helplessness. They learned deterrence. But most importantly, they learned how to be afraid. I want you to recognize that it is okay to be afraid of something. Fear is natural and fear is human. In fact, it's what's allowed us to survive and, more importantly, evolve as a species. But I also want you to recognize that it is okay to do something that scares you, something that you're afraid of, that other people tell you that you shouldn't do, even though they've never done it. You should be okay with that. And it's okay, it really is okay to fail at something which scares you. Like quite literally, you can go do the thing that you are afraid of, fail at it, and still walk away a better person. In fact, that is what I meant earlier when I say that fear and danger are critical to the evolution of the human spirit. Because we as a species, and we as a person, and you as an individual, you, you need to look at the mirror, and you need to get real honest with yourself, and just recognize that you won't ever know who you really are if you don't do things that not just scare you, but they scare the shit out of you. If you don't go do things that people tell you you should be afraid of just because they tell you to be afraid of them. You should go do the things which interest you, in which call to you, in which speak to you, in the things which make you feel uncomfortable, in the things that give you fear, in the things that people say are dangerous. Because in those moments when you're away from technology, you're away from the distractions, when you have to be 100% in tune with the moment, otherwise, there are real ramifications. Your mind will reveal to you who you are. People keep looking for happiness. People keep looking for fulfillment. People keep looking for whatever it might be without ever actually doing the things it takes to experience the emotions they want. You want exploration, but you don't want danger. You want success, but you don't want the work. You want greatness, but you fear failure. Let me, uh, let me close the story out for you guys. You know, it's, it's the final day of camp. It's the final day of that place. And, um, you know, these were always tough days because in the very beginning, you really get to have a great relationship with a lot of these kids. Because they are completely away from technology. They're away from their comfort zones. They're away from their parents. They're doing something quite, quite literally that takes a lot of bravery. And what's so amazing about these type of environments is that they allow for kids to safely fail. There's always a bit of danger in just living. But 
what if we could harness that danger in the right way to allow kids to get back on the bike? And what do I mean? Because that kid came back up to me on the final day, final day. And he says to me, that was kind of cool, wasn't it? And I go, you know, I, I get down on a knee and I get at eye level, position myself slightly to the right of him just so he sees, hey, this is more of a coach. But I say, dude, that wasn't just kind of cool. That was absolutely epic. And I mean that. Because what that kid afterward, did afterwards is he got back on the bike. We had another five miles to go before we were back. Five miles. So that kid made the decision that, you know what? Something just happened, which I've been afraid of my whole life. I've been afraid of falling my whole life. And yeah, I got banged up a little bit, but I'm still here. You're not moving me. And he got back on that bike. And he showed not just me, but every other counselor and every other kid what his spirit was made of. And that's what it means to say, I'm not going to let this fear control me. I'm going to look at it square in the eyes and I'm going to go straight through the heart of it. Because that is where greatness lies. So ask yourself, is it time for me to get back on the bike? Is it time for me to get back on the bike? and do the things I'm afraid.